welcome to Actions Antidotes, your antidote to the mindset that keeps you settling for less. For most of my life, I've had these competing pursuits of wanting to kind of foster people's individuality, but also build community at the same time. And one of the problems I encountered was I had always thought of these particular pursuits as competing with one another. You're either becoming more close, but becoming less individual or going in the opposite direction. My guest today is Jason Gourley of Cypher Noise Productions. And what they do is they do silent discos, which is one of the areas where I've seen people allow people to have an individual experience while also coming together. Jason, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, describe the the silent disco experience and what motivated you to kind of bring this into the world. Thanks for asking. A lot of things motivated me to bring this into the world, uh, but let's start with Silent Disco is. It's a unique experience that anyone can travel down with headphones, but also it's not just wearing headphones. It's having the options to choose what you're listening to at a particular event. So uh, Silent Disco can have three all the way up to 10 channels. And each channel can be curated in a way to fit the demographic that is present within your event or any any pop-up in general. Uh, mm -hmm. You could do multiple things from movie nights to conferences to regular parties. And it's just a different way of replacing speakers and creating more of an immersive experience with your ears. How I got into it, I went to a school that partied a lot and I loved throwing parties. Uh, University of Arizona, bear down. Uh, oh, yeah, that is a <laughs> for its, uh, its party atmosphere for sure. Yeah, yeah, we, we do party a lot down there, especially those who even don't even go to college. I always had a knack of wanting to bring people together. Greatest things is just watching people smile after they leave your events. I've always been a people person or gathering people together and putting them in little areas for them to hang out in. So when I got into my adulthood life, more 30s, leaving uh, the telecom industry, I wanted to find something more um, invigorating, I guess one would say. And I tell people I got into this uh, on a push from an ex-girlfriend and a cover letter. So that's a really good punchline. A push from an ex-girlfriend and a cover letter. Now, I don't know about anyone listening, but I usually don't think of cover letters as leading to anything fun. It's one of the BS processes uh, or parts of the job finding process. So you have to tell me about how an ex-girlfriend push and a cover letter brought you to silent disco. Yeah, just like everything else in this world, you got to start from the bottom. I guess during that time in my life, and it's starting to get more and look far off in the past uh yeah. yeah um she was the one that encouraged me to or pushed me to be like well since you're trying to figure out a new direction why don't you do what you love to do and bring people together that's one thing but then really told me well the only way possibly to get in is write a cover letter and mm -hmm. since like i didn't have a resume professionally in event production management and coordination or hospitality, blah, 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 all the, all the other words. Mm -hmm. uh, cover letter was the best way. We were at an event in 20, I think it was 17, uh, 2017, late 16. She uh, and I went to an event that had Silent Disco, and it was used on a great scale in a way that it was like, oh my God, this could be the future of everything. So yeah, just one thing led to another. And then eventually uh, I started from the bottom with the 
top two second company or the first company uh that mm-hmm. was up to for debate but i think it was the first company at the time of silent disco here in denver worked my way up gained more and more and more hours over time and uh eventually worked to 40 and uh after that uh split ways in 2019 to create my own company so yeah there it is how long has silent disco been around because i don't think this was around at the turn of the century so when did it originate and become part of our culture that's a great question i wish i was ready for that question because i actually don't even know that answer but i know (laughs) it's been around for a while it started off as just one channel it was one channel just one and then rumor has it through the grapevine they said it possibly came out of london so it makes sense in my books because like the electronic music in europe was different and also i don't think it was really strong in america but i'm not fully certain please don't write me uh emails on how i'm wrong on stuff i think it started in europe years ago uh and they were trying to overcome the noise ordinance there uh to throw private raves and things like that nature so they wouldn't be discovered yeah so that's rumor or passed out to the great fun so yeah so it's one of those someone somewhere might know the origin story and then of course it came to America. And so this 2016, 2017, you went to a silent disco party and that just inspired you to want to be part of this movement. I saw potential in the in the technology because we looked at it as the party aspect, but I was looking at even more of like where else it could be inputted, but creates levels because I grew up kind of like a lone sheep uh, bouncing mm-hmm. between multiple different styles of friends. They never wanted to go where I wanted to hang out. Uh, all of them at once. So this was like kind of like to me solving that problem. Oh, yeah. So, for example, if your friends are all arguing, I want to go to this club, I want to go to this club. A lot of people, you know, don't give you off to like other music. They like what they like. And where I grew up, it was like rap, country music and whatever is left over. That That's yeah. what I experienced. Uh, so it's like I, I had a diverse like set of friends, but they were all kind of like barry types. So then they ended up like just chilling at the bar, but didn't really want to go to like a like kind of like some of the grimy places that let's just say ethnic people like to go to. That was like pretty much it. So it's just like what Sound Disco is solving is taking three different genres and putting under one house where then you are exposed to more in a smaller space. This is why I believe that like we shouldn't build out, we should build up more because then it condenses us all into one space to learn about your neighbor forcefully. Yeah. I guess. So, yeah. so you're talking about urban design in a way, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But building, in this yeah. Yeah, but in the architect of silent disco uh layout of bring us together. Yeah. So obviously a lot of people have talked recently about the loneliness epidemic, the loneliness crisis, more and more people feeling like they don't have friends, they don't have people they can talk to, spending more and more time alone. Um, do you see silent disco as part of the remedy to this? Uh I would say it's it can help. I'm not saying it's a full remedy. I would say yeah. like it helps in a way that we're very anxiety ridden these days. For some people, it still is hard to get out and be around people. The world feels like it's just definitely has more knives at uh, out on the outer sphere. Uh, I would say it does help a bit by like 
comfortably easing people back into that that loud atmosphere. You could put on headphones and definitely um, would help out for some people who have anxiety being around a large crowd uh, yeah. and also control that volume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes sense. So let's get into your personal story. Now, you mentioned, first of all, the University of Arizona, which yeah. <laughs> you huge party school, and then you went into the, the telecom world. Actually, I was in sales majority of my college, like my college life. Um, yeah, and I was in sales. I loved it up to a certain point. You can't force people to buy something that you don't believe in, so yep. they could see a hungry dog a mile away before you even try. So I was burnt out. Um, it was pretty much, I did it for 10 years. I don't like bureaucracy. I don't like these metrics that don't make any sense. Where like, you got to sell this much to blah, 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 to keep your job. And honestly, I was a little lazy back then. Cause like nine out of 10 times, I just wanted to hang out, uh, until like I got to Denver, which really changed my life on professionally being more of a man and just navigating all the, uh, let's say the trauma in my life that i had to you know you got to figure out when you start growing up uh yeah we all so, that, right yeah yeah so uh i went from like really switching gears from telecom uh retail sales to then like working for myself and that took a whole complete mindset change and i think that took i think five years i wish i arrived to it sooner because i would be a hell of a lot ahead more in my life on certain responsibilities and how to professionally go about things and how to even uh, stand up for myself professionally too, as well, making sure that certain boundaries are not crossed. So it's crazy. So you worked in the sales and telecom for 10 years. Did mm-hmm. you feel something off about like your motivation about the the work culture that you're talking about with everything being numbers and metrics and you're saying to yourself, why do I care? Is that something you felt from early on or is that something that creeped in over those? It years? creeped in over time. I, I got strong beliefs towards like I'm more future based. Like it's just like you got to get rid of the old to place in yeah. the new. Um, and at the time when I was growing up, Internet, Internet, like when you sold like people wanted internet more and it, but like yeah. you work for the telecoms, they want you to sell TV, internet and home phone. And I did not believe in home phone whatsoever. I'm like, <laughs> I don't use home phone. You shouldn't use home phone. You should move on and move on. I've gotten like, you know, my sales hurt from it, like written up, like I'm selling. Why are you writing me up? Like, you know, that's yeah, so just, they were- this doesn't make any sense to me. Thing. It yeah, was just something from the past. And you were yeah. trying, to, no, you were trying yeah. to sell what the customer needed as opposed to what they dictated for you to well, sell. Not needed because in the sales world, sometimes you don't even know what you need. And I'm selling what I believe in, not what you believe in. And I think it's better for us as a society. Why would you want TV? Because at the time, like Netflix was coming up, like who yeah. was coming up, like the online viewing was way better than waiting to sit and record your TV. Like I had no belief that TV would still stick around. Now, irony strikes. I actually do have a TV like package, but like it's an app now. So it's like it's yeah. all streamed through the internet. So it's like that's where everything should just be. So I couldn't justify sticking to that script i also had a problem with 
not knowing the person who was running the company, I did not like the ant. Like I felt like an ant in a really big churn, which that, that didn't sit well with me because they were making the rules for people down here, which made no sense. And I'm like, I want to be a part of it and affect the part of the wheel, not show up and clock in to maintain the wheel. I don't want to do that. I want to create the wheel and I wanted to really like have a sense of purpose. And towards the end of my reign in, in telecom sales reign, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I had an empire. Um, yeah, no, just the end of it. I knew it too. When I went into that job, I was like, I, I think I only would have six months, like until me faking it is going to start showing up. And sure enough, it, it really did. I was pushed out because I was, unmotivated uh, i was yeah. unmotivated i already knew like i just did not like the atmosphere i worked in and i didn't like the situation on how things are affected and people weren't listening so uh, yeah. yeah yeah and i think that's the thing a lot of people experience especially working in some of those bigger corporate environments mm-hmm. is that there's a big disconnect between the people making the policies that affect everyone and the people doing the day-to-day work you know that some organizations don't really have a great way of building that connection between the day-to-day work and what policies kind of make sense. And so if anyone out there listening is kind of in that situation, what would you encourage them to to be thinking about at this point in time if they're saying, well, I should add to that. Like this is, you know, this is why I should add to that. Like this is why a lot of the younger folks are in tech. It's all about culture at the end of the day. And I'm part of that generation when tech really started coming in and coming up and that traditional workplace started disappearing and, you know, it's still around, but they adapted because they realized it's all about culture. Like, and these companies, the last company I worked for, they were an old archaic company that they didn't see the culture was really affected. And I wanted to be a part of culture that I felt like I was a part of some. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's the key to saying it's like, when you are feeling deterred in your heart, then you definitely are right. You should move on. Like it, it sucks for those of you who have families. I can't relate because I'm not there, but you have a choice and you have to make it. It's better to do it sooner than later because the old school ways of how they treated you well all the way up until you retired is no longer existing. And that, that was, I think that ended, that ended like five years ago, maybe six because now with like everybody jumps ship so easily some of these archaic companies that still operate the same even after pandemic that's still mind-boggling to me so well there's a push with a lot of companies to start bringing people back to the office after the Mm -hmm. remote work you know thing worked for a while and i think there's a lot of people who kind of really thrived under that old school work culture you punch in at this time you punch well don't get me wrong I'm not against working back in the office because honestly, like if you work in solitary and then you work out, you go out and meet, like hang out with people, your skills of connecting with people are very low. So you definitely, it should still, I think it should be a hybrid schedule. You should work from home and work um, from the office with people yeah you gotta you gotta have that. We're communal creatures. So we have to work or you're just going to, you're definitely going to go all castaway status if you don't. Yeah, actually, I was commenting on this uh, a few months ago, how 
we've actually set the world up now where someone with all our food delivery and remote work that someone could theoretically not leave the house for weeks and weeks on end if they really wanted to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for me and my business, that's a negative. That's yeah. like, that's terrible. Cause then I definitely want you to get out of your house. Like, cause I need you yeah. to show up to an event. We need to like ease people back in and, you know, silent disco is definitely, I, I find myself sometimes very anxiety ridden at some of these loud events and silent disco headphones do help out by like controlling that volume. So like, I find it more comfortable being at a silent disco event sometimes, Yeah, but it all depends. And you're envisioning some people out there who maybe the pandemic happened and they've been at home for a long time and they lost some of those social skills, get a little bit of anxiety of being around people, but they can kind of ease into it by going out to an event where you could always put the headphones back on for that level of comfort around the music if something starts to get them a little bit antsy, but then still have the opportunity to kind of interact with some other people, other people that are there dancing or just Mm -hmm. sitting and listening even. This is why like implementing this type of sound control level could be helpful for those people who are trying to get back into the society. So yeah, you know, going back to that with integrating and forcing people to come back to work, like honestly, it's a good thing because for the future of collaboration, the community uh, relations, relationship community, it needs to happen. Like we don't always need to be in front of our computer at home. Like I'm barely just getting back to like, co-working with people and trying to do it on a consistent level where it's like i could feel myself just pull me back to where it's like i'd rather be alone Ah. yeah (laughs) and so as an entrepreneur uh do you have a co-working place like do you have like a we work type of shared workspace that you go to sometimes or do you try to find uh, other communal places like commons areas and stuff um that's a good question i think i'm just a floating like I'm a floater since I'm in the event industry, like it varies. I, I'll just go to coffee shops and hang out, but I'm actually looking yeah. into, uh, I'm actually going to be hosting some co-working space, silent disco co-working spaces this year. So I feel like that's the next level to, to, you know, help with that communal return back to office. Oh, nice. Uh, for my audience benefit, what, what are these events going to look like? Hopefully like a space, like we work, we would show up and, I would be working too, guys, just FYI, at, at yeah. a desk, and then just give you headphones. We pre- we already curated the, the uh, three channels where mm-hmm. you have choices. Each channel has a different choice of music, and it'll be based off. I feel like it's all mood-based. I definitely want to go with like some lo- lo-fi, one lo-fi channel, and then I think I'm going to do a metal channel. Like I, I just want to like a metal raging, because like if you're like feeling... Yeah. And, <laughs> Everybody knows who's listening right now. You've had those days where you're at your computer. You're just like, you feel like you are God at the keyboard because you are locked in so good that you are just like, yeah, let's go. I've all, yeah, we've all had those state. days. The flow yeah. state. And like, definitely like if I gave somebody like some metal music, that would be hilarious. I was like, they're like going <laughs> off. And then someone's like, so what are you listening to? Like, yeah. you know, some system and like down, some hardcore. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where my brain was going with that one. But yeah, that's just a little taste. It would be funny to see actually people measure employee engagement by seeing how often people are playing certain 
channels on their, you know, on their headphones to indicate mm-hmm. like how often they're in a flow state. I love that you said interesting because that's the key word that always gets attached to silent disco. That would be interesting. Like, I don't know how many times oh, yeah. in every single sentence. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Then the next step is like, so would you do it? They're like, wow. They're like still on the scared part of it where they're like, yeah, maybe. No, it still would be interesting. Like, it's a great idea, but I don't know if it would fit in my life. I'm like, that's that's one of my key things. And basically with selling some of my clients, it's like that aspect of like, oh, would you do it at the end of the day, even though they like it, they're like, would you do it? Would yeah. you do it? Yeah. Would you do it? It's just like, uh, maybe, maybe not. Mostly it's maybe not. So it's like, it's gotta be like convincing or they're forced into it. Well, it's still something new and people tend to be a little bit resistant to something that's, that's new. They're not really familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so on this journey of yours, when you had that 10 years in telecom sales, did you reach a breaking point that, you know, you realize like, I can't find a way to care anymore? Or was there another process that kind of brought you from where you were kind of doing this, not really happy to where you started thinking about and pursuing other things that were more in alignment with who you are? I would have to say no, uh, because everybody is in search to like have or find purpose. And I honestly, uh, was a little slow at finding out the direction fully of where I wanted to land. I'm going to say this, by the way, just so people know this, it's never easy to make the jump to something else. It never is. Um, yeah, for sure. And don't get it mistaken that like, I was like, Hey, I turned around and was like, go like I made it. I switched, I switched gears. No, it took time. honestly, I left telecom actually in 2000 in early 16. I didn't join silent disco until early 17. So, or, or mid 17, somewhere around there. It takes a different mindset to be in where I'm at today than where I was earlier. I wish I had that same mindset when I was earlier because I would fire the trigger quicker and jump to it. I was more afraid. I, I, was like basically very concerned. I wanted to leap into a guarantee and being an entrepreneur, nothing is ever guaranteed and you have to ride the, you have to ride the fire. And a lot of people don't want to jump into that because that is a hard thing to do. And it takes a mindset to switch. So I had to switch my nine to five brain which took years. Um, And I'm just realizing that it actually took a long time to being a part of, you have to go out there and make your own money. Like there's no guarantee to this. So thank God during this time, Uber and Lyft existed and Uber, I transitioned to Uber full time, um, which taught me some things that actually entering small business, uh, entering, uh, setting up my own business or entering entrepreneurship. That was the comfortable jump. If that didn't exist, I don't think I would have actually made the jump as well. My brain has a interesting relationship with money, which then it prevents me to make certain decisions on a very not creative scale, 
but comfortable scale. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I just I wanted to put it that way because I don't want the misperception of it was easy. It's not going to be easy. But the key thing what I'm learning is consistency, networking and managing everything that you have built, uh, making sure to manage and file all of that to like understand logging. Like it's like where it's like, yeah, where can I reach out for this ball ball? Things like that nature. Everyone's journey is different, right? And I've covered stories on this podcast of people who just out of nowhere suddenly make the leap, but other people who need, uh, as you described, that comfortable jump, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. that something provided you with a little bit of security so that you could kind of make a transition over time from your standard nine to five employee mindset to the mindset of an entrepreneur. Yeah. You mentioned how driving for Uber helped you with the kind of just organizing your own schedule and figuring out how to like keep records and be consistent. What happened while you were doing that transition? Did you start transitioning the mindset before you started driving for Uber when you were still doing the sales or did Uber kind of push you to transition your mindset into that? Or was there other factors going on in your life, but things you were reading, think people you were meeting, people you were reaching out to that were showing you this new way of thinking? Yeah, I'm going to pick option number three, to be honest. Um, yeah, other things affected that in my life. Um, I came to realize, okay, so driving for Uber and Lyft, I did it more for the money aspect because... I just did not want to not pay my bills. Uh, I had yeah. an obligation to uh, other people within my house. I the problem was is I was doing it every weekend, every every day, and it's just mm-hmm. it. Everything in this world is balance. If you totally dump your chips into one basket, you're putting it all on the table. It's gonna not yeah. end it's not going to fare out for you in the like in the end you've got to spread things around and but what i realized was what i learned from uber is i'm accountable to myself i had i started realizing that the money and all that stuff so i made sure like i i became very meticulous about like not meticulous very like very narrow locked in focus on making sure to like when i do it say no to a lot of things that I missed out with my friends, to be honest, which, you know, yeah. that's sacrifice, but you gotta, you gotta take your wins where you take them. So a lot of the outside stuff that really started affecting me was managing my relationship, managing my friendships, understanding, uh, life's aspect. I just became more of a manager, uh, over time. And then also, the really common line too towards the end too is like the people you hang around is also what helps you elevate your mindset and i started realizing where i stood with the people uh, i hung out with they were put together they were access to more things and Mm -hmm. what i started realizing is there was a consistency amongst everybody i was hanging out first off they went out there and did their idea they really stayed consistent. They they networked. They worked hard on what they believed in, and they were very motivated. And so, when I realized how honestly I said this earlier, how actually lazy I mentally was, and I started changing that, I realized like there were some mental walls that there I had to really work on myself. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just one thing led to another. And then once we eventually got to 2019 and went through COVID, I now truly uh, have to say that, like, yeah, the man I was then to now is completely different. And um, definitely, I definitely have to say, like, I definitely know where I stand in my position. Yeah. Then where then back then I actually did not, which that's why I know yourself and have yourself locked down before you really start pouring it into something that you really want to build in this world. So it was the people that you surrounded yourself with that encouraged you to do, do the work as some people will say to figuring out who you are, what it is you want to bring into the world and developing the characteristics to, to see it through because nothing just comes to you. You have to do some sort of work to actually make it happen. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah. Sorry, millennials, but you know, a lot of us grew up in a way that we thought the world should be handed to us. Now, grab the fact there are some people and um, we won't go into that, but they were handed stuff. And for majority of my life, I've had to work for a lot. And in my early days, I was complaining about it quite a bit because I was upset looking at some of these people who got handed stuff and didn't really work for what they got uh, necessarily. So my generation definitely expected that. So and uh, being a black minority, that wasn't really kind of a thing. So yeah, Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't just going to be handed to you. Yeah. You know, Uh, I suspect the vast majority of the people listening to this program probably also have to work towards something. Otherwise, you wouldn't need the inspiration of me sharing these stories and these conversations with people. So, um, yeah, but some people have said that having to work towards something, having to sacrifice a little bit does make people appreciate what they have a bit more. Yeah, I I would have to say that I do. Um, I have appreciated uh, or looked, even looked back on things that I didn't realize I didn't appreciate then. I do appreciate. Yeah. So now that you have your business up and running, you're doing the silent disco, you're experimenting with some other ways to bring people together. How well do you feel like you're doing with regards to this balance that you were talking about? Um, I really have to say I've gotten better, but I feel like I'm slipping too to the side where it's like, like we're just skipping in the meadows nonchalantly, not really caring a lot more. Yeah. I think you're never quite in the middle and yeah. in the balance zone. You're like either like just on the teeter totter sides of them. But yeah, I'm on the side right now. That's like, well, see what happens. Yeah. But which I, I feel sometimes, especially in adulting, I'm like, oh, that's no good because that's on me. <laughs> but at least I know the consequences now versus then back then. Like I was like, oh, okay. I, I'm going to say this to everybody, like the imperfection is key, not perfection. Um, we'll never be perfect. You could strive perfection and it will drive you crazy, but having a balance is perfection. And I used to be someone who wanted everything to be perfect because I thought that's the way it was supposed to be. So yeah, now I let that go and now I'm like, okay, Okay. Yeah, but then now I'm like slipping a little bit, so I'm like, I gotta scoot back over here where you keep it ju- in the just right zone. So yeah, 
And and those those balances are things that we're kind of always working toward. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be something that slides out of balance or some external life event that pushes out of, us out of balance. Maybe you have a season in life where you're working too hard and some of your self-care well-being stuff slips, or maybe you have another season in your life when you go a little crazy partying and you know, slipping up your health a little bit in some of those Mm -hmm. spaces. So I feel like it's always going to be a work in progress and also going to be something that's, you're never going to be in that perfect balance is always going to be something that's a little off on all the 10 to 20 to hundred different balances that we're all trying to get to in our lives. And that's the one thing I'm really happy that I have to say that I have really eased up on because that creates a, you know, beating up on yourself. I, I still do it. It's you, we're creatures of habits. Uh, so, but it's not as bad. It's now more of aware of it. But yeah, it's just try to look at imperfections than perfections. And um, honestly, that can create a good product. And for balance, is there also an awareness factor? Because one of the things that we have quite a bit of in this world is these different types of numbings that we talk about, whether it's alcohol, drugs, perpetually keeping your mind busy, always being on social media, always being in front of screens. Does that kind of get in the way of people becoming aware of what balances they need to work on? Uh, Yeah, I'd have to say like we all have addictions. And even if it's not consumed by the physical form the e stimulus zone for portion of it is it's very crucial like i just i'm i recently just got off of instagram on my personal page um i feel better uh but being on this side of it too as well for events and marketing i kind of I'm trying to find a new relationship with it so I can get back on there. Cause I have to, yeah. um, now some people will say you don't have to, and it's just like when I have to like market or, uh, talk about events and like that people are like wondering who the face of the company is. It's like kind of like the socializing behind it. So I, I would say I was an addict towards that. Um, digital consumption is definitely a problem for me. And I, Uh, have now come to realize that's one of many things I have been working on over the years, which it has gotten in the way of balance and it has gotten in the way of work and it has gotten in the way of like certain things and way even how the mind moves. So when you realize that something's impacting you and you're really far to the left on the, on that spectrum side of the, of the, of the chart, then yeah, Maybe you might have to ditch it and it's hard and everyone's like, I'm trying to work towards it. There's no such thing as working towards it. You got to cut it hard and then stay away from it for like 30 days and then realize how it makes you feel. So, yeah. So a lot of it is about trying things and seeing how it makes you feel. Even a more general sense of like when people talk about, I'm going to start drinking more water or I'm going to start giving up caffeine or I'm going to start doing mm-hmm. outdoor walks, something that's kind of been the rage a lot lately. Um, yeah. There's just all sorts of things that people can try. Finally, I just want to ask, when it comes to developing the mindset of being the person that's going to build the thing that you want to build and put it out there in the world and succeed with it, what do you think is the number one mindset thing that people need to let go of? That's a good question. I think everybody differs. Um, mm-hmm. It all depends. 
we're now living in an age where one size doesn't fit all. And we're starting to realize that we, we should have realized it earlier. Um, yeah. I would have to say that if I had to say it in a one size fit all, it would have to be whatever is holding you back and down. And it could be a addiction no matter what form it comes in Mm -hmm. to make you think clearly, because at the end of the day, mental processing is key and to process and overcome and get jobs done and things like that. That's crucial. I know that like humans like escapism when they're not really feeling great Mm -hmm. and you need to balance your escapism because it too can become an addiction. And you have to face the reality or the truth sometimes, which is hard. So I think I just gave three points there, but yeah, for sure. I I have to say it's, uh, I tried not to one size fit all. Um, it's for easy sure. to yeah. do so. It's easy to do so. And I'm not saying I have not done that because I have done that. Yeah. Whatever, like whatever advice to like, or whatever I've said, like, I feel like we're all guilty of it and we're learning each day and age or each day that comes. Yeah. I mean, that's the most important thing is to understand that everyone's a work in progress and Mm -hmm. the real danger is giving up and, and when you stop working on yourself and that's when you have the danger of getting into trouble, falling to a spot and being stuck in a spot that you don't really want to be. And then before you know it, all the opportunities of life have kind of passed you by. And Mm -hmm. so you know, I definitely agree because that's one of one of the issues I have with some of our even our traditional work cultures, like the old school organizations, is that they're very one size fits all. We have to all do it the same way. Whereas, whatever your operations are, there's going to be a different mode that works best for one operation, a different mode that works better for another operation. The same way, a different person's mm-hmm. going to need something different to pull themselves out of their ruts in life versus someone else. It's just always going to be. Um, individualized, and I'm glad more and more people are coming to realize it. I want to add to that, because it's like, people are going to need different tools to get to the same, they're going towards the same conclusion or the same finish line, but someone's going to need more tools than the other person. We got to be fine with that by giving, or um, being open to the fact that you need to give more to them to complete the task, and it's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, what everyone needs is going to be completely different, but of course, there are some people that like it seems like where you're alluding to is have a problem with the ideas like, well, like why did he get that tool and I didn't, or why did she get that and I didn't? Well, no, or no, and yes. Um, more like if we were all running towards that same finish line or and yeah. not I wouldn't say running, we're possibly trying to complete like a ex- huge math problem. Someone's yeah. brain, brain power is not as strong as someone else's brain power. So they might need more time, but if time is the measure of how we have to get there and get there at the same time, then what additional information would you need? Like, yeah. How do you get that person? Yeah. How do you get that person finish line? How do you get the person? How do you get them to succeed? Yeah. How do you get them to succeed? And that's, that's the big thing. Yeah. Trying to get everyone to succeed for sure. Yep. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today on actions antidotes. Uh, telling the story. I, I love the story about how, you know, the people around you in your life, as well as to a lesser extent, your experience with Uber driving helped mm. you get from like one mindset where you were 
kind of just doing things that really weren't inspiring you with the telecom sales to where you're building uh, something that you really believe in is silent disco, which is helping get more people out of the house, which is something that quite a few people, you know, need today. Yeah, that's, that's all I have to say. And I have to say, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, great talking to you and I uh, hope to be back. Yeah, for sure. I would like to thank all the people out there listening, uh, tuning in to Actions Antidotes, whether it's your first time or your 82nd time listening to an episode, or maybe you listen to some episodes more than once, uh, who knows. But uh, I just hope you all um, resonate with these stories. And I hope you all kind of think about your mindset, because really, you know, your antidote to the mindset that keep you selling for less, it's it's really the mindset and it's really believing that um, what it is that you want is something that uh, you're worthy of. And it's something that you can do as long as you're willing to put in the work, put in the sacrifice, uh, adopt some of the right time management principles and Mm -hmm. be around some of the right people that aren't going to distract you or excessively take you away from what you need to do or tell you you shouldn't be doing it. And being around people just like, um, you know, Jason had with his friends that had their consistency and their things put together and were showing him some really uh, good ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was great. That was great. Yeah, that I totally, totally love that. Oh, well, I love that too. And hopefully enough people love that to create a better tomorrow. And yeah. um, I will catch you all next time. Okay. Yeah.